Hello, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie, and I am joined by my co-host, Will. Hello. And Park. Go Vols! This week, we watched Interview with a Vampire, a movie that I just realized I forgot to think of a joke for, but it, <laughs> you know what? It speaks for itself, so it's gonna be fine. <laughs> so, uh, this was my peak returning from my grand Disney World extravaganza, and boy, what what a film. Folks. Yeah. What a what a return you've made to the podcast. <laughs> a glorious return. We're going from my cousin Vinny all the way up here to interview with a vampire. I totally disagree with I don't know the why you're you insinuating with your that hands. this is a worse Pardon. movie because it's the best movie I've ever seen in my life. It's right. so good. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just a hell of a transition from my cousin Vinny. It is different, but I think they're both excellent, personally. <laughs> I had a blast, but uh, I'll recap real quick and we'll get into it. So, the uh, the film, based on the 1976 Anne Rice novel from a series of books, which are mostly about Lestat, who is one of our main characters, Vampire. Uh, this one, our main character is... Uh, Louis Dupont de Lac, uh, played by Brad Pitt, and being interviewed in the present day, 1994, by Christian Slater. Uh, unclear how they met. The show, uh, which now exists, insinuates that they met at a gay bar, but we'll talk more about the show later. Um, anyways, so Christian Slater is interviewing Brad Pitt about his. 200 plus years of being a vampire and so we go back to 1991 louisiana where he's a plantation owning uh slave owning motherfucker guy whose wife died and he wants to die uh so instead of dying tom cruise lestat turns him into a vampire and now they're both vampires and then some shit happens and he doesn't want to eat people he's eating rats and shit uh, and then he accidentally eats Kirsten Dunst, who is a child. She's 12 at the time that this was filmed. Uh, and then turns her into a vampire. Or, well, the stat turns her into a vampire. And then they kill him, air quotes, and then go gallivant around Europe and meet Antonio Banderas, a vampire. Incredible hair in this movie. We'll come back to that. <laughs> a lot of things to come back to. <laughs> Anyways, there's more gallivanting. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, vampire dies. Louis goes back to America. Lestat's alive. There's a crazy ending where Lestat jumps into the car with Christian Slater and, and kills him. <laughs> and it rocks. Um, yeah, that's the movie. So, you know, it took me a while to like for it to click in my head that that's Tom Cruise. Because, like, long yeah, blonde hair Tom Cruise is cursed. Uh, yeah, it just, <laughs> he's, he's, look he's, like. he's glorious. It, it, but it yeah. took me a while to yeah realize that that was him too. And then his just like the way his face moves gave it away. You know, just mm-hmm. Tom Cruise always looks like Tom Cruise. You know, which isn't a bad thing. You know, he's yeah just big star doing his thing. It's a vintage Tom Cruise crazy guy character for sure. Yeah, yeah, and works very well with his style of acting. And I think Brad Pitt does a good, like, weird, melancholy vampire guy, too. Honestly, all the performances in this movie are great. They're all Brad wonderful. Pitt and, 
always reminds me, like, I don't know why, but I don't, it's something about like the way he looks and like his facial expressions. All I can think of is Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction. Like he kind of looks like John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction. The hair, I can it's, see what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of contributes to kind of. Yeah, the, he's he's like a lot. He's like even moodier, and he's definitely more like tortured than Vincent because Vincent like doesn't really care that much about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the default facial expression is sort of similar, though. It's the the pushing the lips out, just like neutral face. <laughs> yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst does a great job, like as for like a child actor. Yeah. Like kills it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like they. It's a big risk to have like a twelve-year-old trying to have, like, having them like portray like a wide range of emotions like they do in this movie. But mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, she sold it for me. I was like, wow, okay. I didn't even know she was like a child actor. I thought she just got started as an adult. But uh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I knew her from was Spider-Man, but yeah, she's good in this. Antonio Banderas, I really loved him too. His I. His character is preposterous. Every character in this movie is preposterous. <laughs> but it's this, so good. But is it's about Kirsten vampires, Dunst? so it has to be. <laughs> exactly. Is this her first film? Was it's it this or Little Women? Movie. Was her like either one of those? Was her oh first? yeah, I, Little Women. I forgot about that. Uh, I don't know what the timeline on that is, but definitely very early in her career. Yeah. For but sure. yeah, so this movie, I, I picked it because, you know, October, vampires and all that. It's not really a horror movie, though. It's more just like vampire camp genre fiction where it's just like, it's just a, it's just a drama about vampires, you know, yeah. which sort of, it's, to me, makes it like a proto like Twilight. No, <laughs> the, I, I almost totally disagree with that. <laughs> that it's, I think it is drastically different. As someone who has well, watched drastically e- di- every just, Twilight I... movie in a complete stupor, <laughs> just barely lucid having seen them, I, I can firmly say that the movies are totally different vibes. I, I just mean at a very basic level of like, this is a vampire story that is not a horror story. Is genre fiction. It's it's yeah. It's just a drama, but the characters are vampires. That's I know it's like not the same vibe as like a Twilight. Yeah, because Twilight's like, like high school romance, you know, like yeah. Twilight owes more to like Buffy than well Buffy and like directly, like, but like like romance novels, like yeah, you know, like yeah, uh, like uh, you know, like you find them at Publix or whatever, right? Like that, I would that not level, like a romance novel. I don't even know if I'd put Buffy and Twilight in the same category because, like, Buffy is strong, independent woman who literally does not need anybody. She can do everything herself other than with the power of her friends. And Twilight is girl needs hot vampire or hot werewolf man mm-hmm. to exist. <laughs> They're trying to do very different things, certainly. Yeah. But but all I yeah I it's the vampire part that I think <laughs> it has a vampire in it. <laughs> this, yeah. this much well, like no, Twilight, this it is contains the, vampires. <laughs> this is the first major motion picture I am aware of that is a vampire thing that isn't like horror in some way. What about Blade? Right? I haven't seen 
I don't know. I, I I haven't seen. I'm not a vampire scholar, man. I haven't seen all the vampire movies, but we watched Blade. Is it was Blade before or after this? Blade was '98. Okay. Maybe it. Blade was Blade. proto the Matrix, but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no. But I think, anyways, I, I this think is this... it's just a drama slash. I would argue romance about vampires. Yeah, it's not a it's, horror movie. Well, it's like sort. Of, I don't know. To me, it's presented like like a, like an extremely like prestige drama like film like yeah it the setup of it is like reminiscent of like a godfather or like <laughs> a like fucking like citizen kane style like you know we're having this interview with the guy and he tells the whole story of his life right like which is insane for like vampire like genre fiction right i was I went into this like like not having any expectations. I knew nothing about the movie, uh, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" They're like, it. They're taking the concept so seriously, and like so, they're so sincerely trying to like adapt this story that it it genuinely felt like I was watching just like any other like prestige movie that you'd see in like the top hundred in imdb or whatever right but Mm -hmm. it's about extremely homoerotic vampires which arguably just makes it better than any of those movies (laughs) (laughs) that i like felt any connection to right like when we were watching it you said it had the same like tone and presentation as amadeus and i mm -hmm. agree with that yep it does actually the interview thing now that i think about it right down to that but uh, I mean, even it, it even they even have like the like play scene that was as emotionally impactful to me as anything in Amadeus. It was straight really up good. because you're watching a like a horrifying like murder on the state. Like this movie starts off like campy, you know, and like mm-hmm. it the first thirty minutes or so, it's like. It feels like a little silly. It took me a little while to get into it, and then and they have like you know when they when they turn Brad Pitt being like extremely homoerotic as it should be for any you know anytime you turn someone into a vampire, it needs to be have like the sexual element to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then by like wh- by at least halfway through the movie, if not before, I was like totally invested in everything. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I was like a hundred percent. Everything was hitting. I th- I think it's just a testament to how much the movie like doesn't try to be ironic at any point. Mm. You know, like it's just honest about what it is, and y- you don't see many movies like that anymore. And I I really have a lot of appreciation for it. I um just to like add to my amazement though at how well written the story is for this. Uh, I accidentally pulled up the wrong Wikipedia page. I pulled it up for the novel, not for the movie. And I look down and I see this little tidbit about the novel. She wrote this entire book in this in five weeks. Jesus. That's crazy. She she wrote it in five weeks. Yeah. And like, I haven't read, I mean, I haven't read the book. I haven't read the book. I don't know how much they change between the book and the movie. Chelsea loves the book. She said, and it's actually like rather honest to the book, I believe. Nice, yeah. So, she, so she's seen the the movie and like read the book. And yeah, she thought it was like a fair uh, 
adaptation or whatever. It's yep. good. Yeah, that's my understanding is like it's a pretty the movie is a pretty faithful adaptation. And it's just, you know, there's some stuff you can't fit. Oh, you know what? I do want to talk about like kind of if we want to sort of start at the beginning of the movie. One thing what? that always makes me die laughing though when I see this film is at the start of the interview when um who is the interviewer? What's his name again? Christian uh, Slater. Christian Slater. When Brad Pitt is like, I'm a vampire and Christian Slater doesn't believe him. And then you see Brad Pitt's face. and You're like, what do you mean? You don't believe this yellow eyed, <laughs> pale ass motherfucker. Like, like long ass nails. And then they do, they, they do the super speed thing, which like, yeah, they, it's really good that they didn't keep doing that. Cause it, <laughs> the effect is very goofy. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. They only do stuff like that a few times and it's mostly like a little silly. Uh, yeah. But in a way that works, because it is like you said, so campy at the start, but it's just so like sincerely committed to that that it ends yeah. up selling you. I think it, and it is just like it. It's the ideas it has for like I think the character drama are like really good and like just mm-hmm. smart ideas for like a group of vampires. Like, what drama would they have between each other? Uh, and the answer is uh, having a, a a broken relationship and then creating an anchor baby in the yeah. attempt to fix it. Uh, <laughs> they have an anchor baby which, vampire. Dude. Yeah. Okay. We should probably yeah. Let's talk about let's let's talk about Lestat and and Louis, right? Our right. Our, our, our two boys uh, who are yeah, like Lestat is like when he when he changes louis it's uh it's shot like a sex scene right yeah uh which brad pitt is fully busting in his pantaloons when he gets <laughs> yeah, and they are pantaloons it's like the 1700s or whatever. yeah it's 1791 <laughs> yeah yeah it's um but it's i don't know it, it's pretty appropriate for vampires right like yeah vampires have always been like a, a very like sexual type of like monster right so mm-hmm. you kind of have to you have to do that and, and the movie's like better for it you know even even if it is obligated to do it it's still like it's more fun than anything else they could do mm-hmm. right because those characters like maintain a like very close relationship <laughs> that it never turns like at least like physical on screen or anything mm-hmm. but it is like they're tied to each other in a way that's, uh, I mean, pretty similar to like a marriage. Yeah. You know, mostly just because like they're the only two of their kind that they even like know of. Um, but like the whole relationship is sort of dependent on, or Louis is totally dependent on like Lestat because Lestat sort of like brings him into the world of being a vampire and controls all the information about vampires to him right uh i i don't know having like the old very experienced vampire and then the brand new vampire i'm sure if if we if we had a a a gay member on the podcast they would have a lot to say about (laughs) the dynamic going on there but i i I simply do not know enough to yeah (laughs) to discuss it but it's you know they're basically in like kind of an age gap relationship between like two adults going on right Mm -hmm. now right 
and and, and an much. abusive one at that. Uh, yeah, you know, um, which very therein, sexually charged and very manipulative. Yeah, therein lies the drama, the juicy, juicy drama. Because <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, you have like on the one hand, it's like well, Lestat is like this very charismatic and like interesting guy. But he really wants him to just keep killing people. And he doesn't want to kill people. He just wants to kill rats and be sad. Yeah. Live until, off rat blood. Until later. He didn't want to be here. I think Louis' character is really, like... He's, like, very complicated because he changes... Like, he has, like, his moral core that never really changes. But his decisions to, like, act according to that kind of change as the movie goes on, right? Because he's not like, he always, you know, like he feels bad about being a vampire the whole time, but he never stops being one, you know, he, yeah. uh, which I think is pretty consistent with the way, I mean, he was a slave owner at the start, right? Like it's mm-hmm. actually kind of consistent to like his moral character to be like, oh, I just feel so bad about being a vampire and having to kill people, but it's my lot in life and I couldn't, you know. Yep. Just walk into the sun and end the cycle now, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which would be the morally correct thing to do for him, right? Uh, Pretty but much. He, but he doesn't because he's not actually a good person. <laughs> but he likes to think, you know, I, it, there's a lot going on with him, which I, I think is is fun. He's a lot more like morally complicated than like Lestat, who's like just your classic big bad evil vampire guy who's yeah. fun in his own way but he is he's a big time problematic fave yeah uh, <laughs> one of the like reasons that i picked this movie was in the the wake of the show coming out i guess there's been a you know resurgence of interest in the whole series in the whole multimedia universe and uh as has been consistent with my Twitter circles, I can't say that anymore because it's a literal Twitter thing. Uh, my people that I follow <laughs> who work in, in video games and cultural criticism, His a lot of big Lestat heads out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, lot, I, I have seen lots of lines from the book that make me really think, yeah, Tom Cruise was the perfect pick <laughs> to play this character. Yeah. He <laughs> He's just like it. such a, like, yeah... Such an interesting guy. I don't know. It's just like this weird, like, extremely, like, on the one hand, like, charming, but also, like, very catty, but in an explosive way where it can go from just, like, fucking with people to the sake of fucking with people to killing people very quickly. Which lines up with being a vampire. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's like... It's not quite like the classic vampire of like the like Count Dracula or like a Nosferatu type. It's more yeah. like he's but he's still like very much a part of the aristocracy and like he prefers mm-hmm. to hunt amongst like other aristocrats cuz it's he sees it as more like dignified in some way, you know. He like prefers uh, their blood over that of just regular people. Yeah, he like and he says, like, he doesn't need to kill as many people as he does, but he, he purely sees it as, like, sport. Like, he he considers himself a higher being than humans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, 
what makes a vampire scary, right? <laughs> like he he sees you as prey, not as yeah. like an equal. You get that in a lot of other like newer vampire fiction stuff too, where like that what it makes me think of is a like uh the Warhammer vampires. <laughs> but oh, B yeah. the uh the Castlevania anime on Netflix where you have like you know vampire aristocrats that are conspiring to just have like human cattle pins that also happens in blade i think that whole concept of like vampires just looking at humans like their their trash that exists to be you know their their livestock is an interesting metaphor for actual aristocracy and then also gets used for some like animal cruelty metaphors sometimes which is a whole other thing. Well, I mean like but... the original you know the original Dracula is based off of Vlad the Impaler who was yeah. a, a literal was he he was a prince or was he an emperor? He was a leader of that realm. Uh, I think he was a count, but Vlad uh, yeah. But yeah, like the origins of the entire monster archetype of the vampire are in aristocracy being evil. <laughs> Yeah. So this is a a fun spin on it where it's like very contained character drama and not sweeping political drama like a um like Twilight. I will sweeping yes, like political. Sweeping <laughs> political drama. I was gonna say Castlevania, which also is not a sweeping political drama. <laughs> but it is pretty good though. Watch Castlevania. Yeah, if um, have- have y'all seen Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman? I almost picked that instead because I was just looking at vampire movies. That's the one I that uh, Coppola directed, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It I've been has, meaning to watch that. It has Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves, Anthony Hopkins, Carl Illis. Like, has a what hell a of a cast list. Is a great vampire film. Also, the same thing of like just. The vampire is on an entire another level. Yeah, I've also heard that a lot of the positives that we're saying about this movie could also apply to that. I've heard it like very much just go whole asses the idea of a vampire, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and pulls no punches with any, you know, it's not afraid of being campy. No, and um, Gary Oldman is wonderful as any kind of wacky, zany character yeah. like Dracula. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and you know, like uh, as as you may have noticed, the stat and Louis are kind of a strange couple to have, right? You know, we have uh, like Lestat being just big evil vampire guy, and then Louis, who's uh, tender-hearted and uh, cares about humans and everything, so uh, they're basically about to break up. But Lestat <laughs> 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 finds an opportunity to uh, keep Louis around because, uh, like, Louis like runs away in a in a moment of uh, he's he's basically like leaving Lestat and is like I'm gonna go live on my own and feast on rats for the rest of my miserable vampire existence. Uh, and then he comes across. Uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst uh, playing Claudia. She's like a child whose uh, mother died of the plague. Yep. And uh, he uh, gives in to his vampire urges and uh, kills Claudia, the first person he uh, kills as a vampire. Uh, at least I think so. And um, 
then he's you know o- overcome with guilt over like biting her and then right as he's uh starting to freak out uh Lestat comes in <laughs> basically <laughs> like he might as well be like twirling a cane around and like doing a little <laughs> yeah. song and dance <laughs> that's the energy he has at all times it's fantastic yeah, he's just a natural showman which is we we love that about him <laughs> and he's just really smug about being right about everything he's like i told you you were gonna eat somebody <laughs> yeah and he, he loves he's like and it was a like literal child to your first kill you monster <laughs> yeah but he uh he turns uh he turns Claudia into a vampire. Uh basically to Lestat does, right? Not Yeah, uh, Lestat yeah. does. Because uh, yeah. uh you know, Louis is has hang ups about that too, which will happen later in the movie, I guess. But uh yeah, he makes a child vampire and uh it sort of keeps Louis around because like his his guilt over her death sort of makes him feel i guess like connected to her and he kind of gives him like some responsibility and uh he it's kind of like you know he is her father in a weird messed up way as is Lestat, right mm-hmm. uh yeah they're just there's two gay dads two incredibly evil gay dads <laughs> and they're dead weird weird child <laughs> they're weird tall child i like how her hair curls up as she becomes a vampire yeah <laughs> that's that's kind of a thing with the vampires in this movie right they, like, they, they all got all, curly all locks and hair. flowy clothes <laughs> yeah because i guess that's like a thing like in like most vampire fiction it's like you're the ideal version of yourself at the age you are turned right and apparently the ideal version of everyone is like roughly shoulder length hair, uh, <laughs> which I, I totally agree with personally I'm yeah. coming from three dudes who all have roughly shoulder length hair. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I watched this movie and I was like, I didn't realize that I had a muse this whole time in Brad Pitt in this movie. <laughs> Brad to, like, Pitt's model hair is my hair off of. incredible. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a wig, but it's I the volume they get in that thing is just astounding. <laughs> he looks wonderful. He he's hair golds for sure. Uh, looks excellent. Everything else about him, I'm shaking my head, saying no. I do not like the fact that you had slaves, but his hair, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's just oh. a movie full of problematic faves, basically. No no good guys in the uh, vampire family drama movie. No. Claudia, kind of one of them too, because she uh, she loves killing people and eating. Them. Yeah, it's it, it it handles the the child vampire thing. I think in a pretty like it, it make everything makes a lot of sense, right? That like you yeah, know, she's a kid, so she like gives in to like those base vampire instincts a lot easier than Louis, right? Just like going in and murdering everyone because she's hungry and is a child. Yeah, I think her whole arc of like you know, hanging around with him for 30 years and then realizing, just like, oh, I will never grow up to be an adult. You've trapped me in this weird child's body forever, and I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's upsetting, but, like, it's good. It makes sense. I've never seen never seen somebody do that with a vampire character before, so. Yeah, and it, it manifests in some, like, genuinely, it's, like, horror movie level. That's, like, the most horror in the movie, honestly, is probably, yeah. like, her stuff right of like she like sees like an a, a, a like a naked woman through the window uh somewhere and they uh 
uh, Lestat and Louis think that like she just wants to like eat her, but she's like, no, I want to be this yeah. person. I want mm-hmm. to age. I want to be like an adult because I'm a, my brain is you know like is weird right now. <laughs> like, I have been alive for so long, but I'm still a child. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like throughout a lot of mythology and things like that, immortality is not a gift. It's usually a punishment. Yeah. yeah. This movie definitely follows that trend all the way through. No one is like a happy vampire. <laughs> yeah. The only person who genuinely sees it as a gift is Lestat. Because he's just actually, yeah, he's crazy. a happy vampire. Because <laughs> he's Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise is actually yeah. immortal because the weird alien ghosties that he believes in have granted him immortality. That's true. That's why he keeps trying to die by filming more Mission Impossibles. <laughs> he's just desperately trying to die in an accident so he can find peace. He was granted eternal life by Xanadu or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Xanadu is the venue for the fucking like smash ultimate tournament and <laughs> i know in dva or whatever i don't know why i know this piece of regional smash brothers trivia but i do um i uh, did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole while researching this film and uh i was like trying to like because there's a whole bunch of articles and wikipedia pages about the individual characters and I was on Lestat's page, just trying to like learn some more about him from the other books. And I saw that under occupations, it was listed as rock artist. I was like, wait, no what? <laughs> Turns out so cool. it's a mislink from a Wikipedia, a different Wikipedia page that is a goth rock dark wave band from Cleveland called Lestat. That's so sick. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, I need to listen to them after this. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, they're, I think, like, most of the books are about, like, the midi lives of Lestat the Vampire. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and she also has a series of books about, like, some witches in New Orleans that are, like, canon within this world, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Anne Rice is a just a very famous gothic horror, uh, modern gothic horror author. Yeah, I'm curious. Which isn't they... like something I read, but if you do read that genre, you've probably read a lot of Anne Rice. Wait, didn't yeah. she recent like very recently pass away too? Yeah, she died December of last year. So I think the show is styled as Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. I believe that she had been. I don't know if she's working on it. I mean, she's pretty old, but I mean, it had to have been in production like, before she before she died. Yeah, right? it was probably filming before she died. So yeah, she uh, certainly had some sort of sign off on it at least. Which is, I'll talk about the show more towards the end, but I think it does some interesting things that are worth discussing in context of the the movie. But the other thing with Claudia is when. They turn her when they when they turn her into a vampire. So I Will and I were both kind of like looking at the screen like, oh god, this is about to be like really gross and fucked up because like the first turning in the movie is super sexual. So you're like, yeah, this is a child. Yeah. This is about to be uh, bad. And like, there is a little bit of that same energy there, but it's less extreme. 
and overt. And also, the uncomfortable part of it is on purpose, because this comes back later when they find the other vampires in Europe. And they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to do that, dog. That's a (laughs) fucked up thing to do. Yeah, it it actually ended up, because, like, yeah, I'm very wary of the, like, adult mind and child's body trope. I've watched a lot of anime. It's it's never a good sign. Never (laughs) good. You never want to see that. But uh, I do, at least, like, when I was watching it, like, my, my read on it was like, yeah, they include some uncomfortable stuff, like, specifically around, like, claudia like wanting to go through puberty and everything right but it's like just enough to make you uncomfortable but not an attempt to like show the audience like a sex scene right like that's not at all what they're trying to do they're trying to let you know that like this is a very dark thing that is happening (laughs) right like this is they're they're fucking with someone's mind in a way that just like even for like literal vampires there's like we don't cross this line (laughs) it's like she's just her mind and her body are not meant to handle this yeah it's uh yeah, it's interesting. I love the whole like vampire council in in Europe too. They're so funny. <laughs> it's great. They live at the yeah, they live in like the like catacombs under Paris or whatever. Yeah. Like it's mm. just delicious. You can tell that the the writers for the uh what's it called? Uh what we do in the shadow show have clearly read Oh, these yeah. books and watch this movie because <laughs> there's I mean there's a lot of stuff but like there is like a vampire council and like that kind of structure there's an episode in a theater uh, that has some yeah. other stuff that is yeah, the whole council is theater kids like are you yeah. kidding me <laughs> they're all just theater kids they're so goofy they're just like they're so excited to fucking trap him in a coffin for eternity when they just cackling when they hand him the business card that's what like theater de vampire i'm like are you fucking kidding me that's what it's called and the all it made me think of was that that was the episode of what we do in the shadows it was called it's that set in america so it was called the novo theater de vampire so just (laughs) new vampire theater oh my uh, god i never put that together because <laughs> uh, they burn it down yeah um but yeah that part was fun i like the antonio Banderas character that oh man that's another fun thing was like the um this in so many ways digs at like the problems with immortality and this is another thing i want to discuss more at the end but the way that Antonio Banderas' character Armand describes um, how vampires like actually die, right? Of they uh, they just the times move past them and they're trapped in the time that they were turned to some extent, and without like some sort of partner or guide or teacher that can help them continue to understand the changing world around them, they sort of just wither away and disappear and so that's what he needs uh louis for and they have this like clearly flirtatious relationship but it's again manipulative because like he literally needs him to live he's like you are from america you are of the modern world like i need you to be with me so that i have a link 
into this age so that I can continue to exist. Yeah, and he's like, you have a spark of humanity in you that I don't. Yeah, yeah like you have yeah. guilt at all, which is totally different from me. And like I'm, he's both. He feels like he needs that. But he's also very attracted to that. Clearly, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I as we have mentioned, lots of homoerotic uh, undertones, overtones, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, in this, nobody ever explicitly like fucks but clearly a lot of the biting and whatnot is sexual metaphor yeah and i, I think if you're gonna argue against that you're just being naive you're, yeah you're not actually watching the movie uh, yeah. Yeah. i do think and that's if you watch the show though, that... they fuck instantly so. yeah. I, mean, I, do, I do think that's interesting that the vampires never uh even they, like they never have sex even implied yeah right it's yeah and i think I think what they're going for is maybe that like they just don't have that drive and like sucking blood is like like fulfills that need at the same mm-hmm. time and then like having another vampire that you like hunt with or spend your time with is like the closest you can get to like a marriage in that world mm-hmm. right because it is like <laughs> because you're immortal right that like Lestat created Louis because he was lonely and he wanted like a partner that like i don't know it's it, it's romantic in a very like weird vampire way you know yeah <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh it's interesting but I, I would love to ask the director like okay you're making you're you're remaking this in the 2020s right do you just have them have sex right because like in the 90s i could see that like we can't have a gay couple just like having sex in our movie <laughs> like they mm. people wouldn't see it because people are homophobic but like now i mean the show is having is yeah literally like, episode one bare ass full-on yeah. sex but, but it's that, not the yeah, same I, director I, I i i'm just curious what like the director of the movie his like his intentions were basically yeah. Um, and i think that's just how it is in the book too like they they never explicitly have a sexual relationship in the book but, yeah. but was that, the book the, was, the that, book was written know, in the seventies too for you know it's yeah and it's not like you know actually censored but there's a self censorship from like the culture you're in you know yeah. yeah um but yeah it is yeah the show even post like turning the blood sucking is still like very sexual but then they also just fuck afterwards which is kind of fun. There's a scene where, yeah, they're just, like, they're just splitting a dude, taking turns, uh, taking drinks out of his neck. And oh, okay, I was gonna... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but not like that. <laughs> uh, the show does, like, uh, uh, man, it it does really good with Toad, where there's still some, like, goofy, campy moments, too, where there's, yeah, like, one... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's one scene that is stuck in my brain, where they're sleeping in their two coffins in the same room that are next to each other and they're like having an argument <laughs> and Lestat like won't let it go when they're trying to go to sleep and he like pokes the coffin open a little and like sticks his head out like come on we're really gonna go to bed angry like, that is, is so funny <laughs> yo, i need to watch the show this sounds wonderful sleep in separate yeah. coffins Dude, the oh, fact is, i thought it was on hbo but it's on amc so it's a yeah, little harder to watch it's but... on like if y'all have a 
Roku TV. It's on no. Roku for free. We, ha- we have uh, a Curtis TV. Curtis. I know it's on Roku for free, like with ads. I'm assuming you can probably watch it on something for free. I have a cable login to watch it on AMC, but uh, that yeah. works too. Yeah, we we, watch we, we watched this on Tubi with ads, but every time there was an ad break, me and Charlie just looked at each other and said, wow, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Man. I guess, okay, so let's talk about the immortality thematic stuff for a little bit, because it does, it's one of the best executions of a specific immortality uh monkey's paw thing that a lot of stuff touches on but it's like the eternal grief <laughs> where it's like the reason that louis just wants to die at the start of the movie is because his wife died in childbirth and he's very sad right yep and because he becomes a vampire <laughs> it is now immortal he just has to live with that forever, yeah. literally, and is trapped, as the movie repeatedly states, specifically with the Armand thing, in that time of his life. That is like the period where his, you know, his brain is locked in his understanding of the world. Yeah, he so on the one hand, stops it, aging too. Like, he, yeah. So like he has that humanity because of that, but also it's just like he can never get out of being like suicidally depressed and you have the same kind of thing going on with like Claudia is like trapped in this position where it's like, Oh, like my real parents are dead and all I have are you weird vampires and I can never age. Yeah, also you <laughs> killed me. Like, yeah. Also you killed me. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, like you see that, the like being trapped with your grief for everything and a lot of stuff. That's what like I'm gonna bring the Castlevania show back again. But like the way that that show starts is somebody kills uh, Dracula's human wife because they think she's a witch and they burn her at the stake. And then Dracula is just mad and going to kill everyone forever because they killed his wife. Yep. And that's that is the rest of the show is Dracula's like I'm gonna kill all y'all motherfuckers, um, but this is better than Castlevania anime, <laughs> which is good. But I maintain the Castlevania anime is very good. But yeah, I don't know. It's just the the performance by Brad Pitt is really good. The writing is really good, and it's just you have this character journeying through being stuck with this and slowly figuring out ways to deal with it and like what kinds of relationships he can and can't handle but like it's still this tragic thing where you're like wow you would be better off if you just died man yeah but it doesn't have to be immediately but if you if you had just died eventually like yep less random in- innocent people would have died that'd be that'd yeah be good. <laughs> that would also yeah. be a plus yeah. there's no happy ending in this you know like none mm-hmm. of like the vampires find happiness or like, except Lestat stuff. except yeah. Lestat. Lestat the only way any vampire finding. finds happiness is through mass murder like that mm-hmm. is that is it it's not like you know 
it was interesting that I had, I don't know, I had so much fun with this movie, but it's like pretty depressing in terms yep. of like what it's trying to communicate. It's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, it's not when I say that like he would have been better off if he just died at some point. I'm not saying that like, you know, that was the only way he was ever going to stop being sad. It's just like a. Notice he's killed thousands uh, yeah. through continuing Well, he's killed delay. lots of people, but also just, like, freezing yourself in time. Is it a productive way to manage intense grief? Yeah. yeah it did, you know. It, Life goes on around you, and at some point you can either go with it or not. Yeah, he was... And his becoming a vampire is a choice to never go with it, yeah. and that destroys his life and his humanity literally forever. Yep. Yeah, because like Lestat saw him as a good candidate for being an, a vampire because he couldn't move past his grief and like mm-hmm. he could tell he wanted to die anyway. What a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is an absolute downer of a movie at the end of the day. It's very uh, fun, but. Yeah, for how goofy the ending is, it's still like sad. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun and it's goofy and it's beautiful, but the actual like message is like very serious and dark. Yeah, there there were like a couple of scenes in this movie that like were as dark and intense as anything we've seen. Like uh, the the play sequence was horrifying Crazy. the whole time, mm-hmm. and then when he like finds the ashes of like Claudia and whatever and like touches them and they like fade away i was like damn i don't know like it's it gets heavy for like how goofy other parts of the movie is it really you run into like a full range of emotions in this movie which not a lot of stuff can like pull that off right of being like jokey and then hitting you with like kind of a gut punch yeah Mm -hmm. i genuinely i can't believe this movie was as critically maligned as it was when it came out the world just wasn't ready, man. I guess it, so. it was nominated for two Oscars. It was, yeah. Why did the why were the Metacritic reviews so bad? I don't know, but it was nominated for uh, best art direction and best original score. Good, deserved. <laughs> right? Okay. I was I, I was looking for stuff about them. I, I'm on IMDb, and the uh, the MPAA rating it reads as such. Rated R for vampire violence and gore <laughs> and for sexuality. <laughs> Specifically, vampire violence is a really funny rating. Uh, yeah. They they did cut out a good bit, like, I think like 20 minutes of the movie, because during a test screening of a rough cut of the movie, people said that it had too much blood and gore. So they cut out 20 minutes of this movie that were deemed too gory. So I'm wondering what else there was. I probably only would have liked it more with that included, honestly. <laughs> but uh, like, this might be a personal thing. I was like, I'm always interested in like special effects and how they pulled them off. And so they actually had hired the same studio that did Jurassic Park and the Terminator films. Um. And I was like mainly just to do like the makeup effects and some of like the small scale models. So like the house burning down. Mm -hmm. Um, But two little things that I saw that were very interesting and also kind of fucked up. So to design the charred remains 
of Claudia and whatever the the woman like that they they literally turn her and then she dies yeah, like she's, ten minutes later. <laughs> she's not around long. You really only are connected to Claudia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he used pictures of victims of the Hiroshima bomb Jesus. to design them. Um, yeah, they go which, for the throat. Uh, no pun intended for the emotional stuff in this yeah. movie. But then one thing I found very interesting, but also probably sucked to be any of the vampires in this film is they wanted to have like the realistic bluish green veins on their face, but they didn't just want to like paint them on randomly. So they made the actors hang upside down for 30 minutes to make their blood vessels in their head bulge so they could then trace them. That's crazy. (laughs) Also, I love it. Wonderful. I mean, movie. you know, even more of the vampire hanging upside down like a bat. <laughs> no, it's not a prestige drama film without like kind of abusing your actors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the director did say he wanted. Uh, where is it? David Geffen is very powerful and he poured money into interview with a vampire. He said, I wanted to make it an epic on the scale of something like Gone with the Wind. It, it it was it's all, correct. What, I mean, it, it or David it, Geffen was the producer, but yeah, yes. I mean, morally, it, it kicks God with God with the wind's ass, right? <laughs> Does a great job. It portrays is God this with the wind, the Confederate one, or is that it is? Movie? Yeah, this okay. movie portrays so, the uh, slave owners as bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Louis, he's a nice slave owner. See, no, I think. I, <laughs> My read on him is that he's still a piece of shit. He's just I mean, like, he owns slaves, so he's a piece like, of shit. Yeah, yeah. but like, I, I think the movie, I mean, the movie keeps saying that, like, how bad he feels about, like, killing people and being a vampire, and it stops showing you him killing people, but he's still alive the whole time. You know? Uh, and my, my read on him is that, yeah, he might, like, feel guilt and. You know, maybe because his brain is sort of stuck in that place. But just feeling guilty and then continuing to do mass murder doesn't make you a good person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not how it works. Uh, he And uh, I could see people not liking that and being like, you know, the movie is trying to argue that he's good. But I couldn't really argue against that. But uh, at least my read is that he's also bad just in a different way from Lestat. Mm-hmm. Which is I, I I like having really like that sort of like morally complicated character, but I could see myself like, or I I could see the writers and like directors being like, oh no, he's a good guy, and like me, I would totally disagree with that. But you know. yeah, the show has an interesting setup around that where like, and this is pretty early, so it's not like a spoiler, but. There's there's more time spent in the interview portion of it in the show, and in that he like explicitly states that he doesn't kill people anymore, and he has like a guy that he just like comes into the room and he just sucks him sucks out of his neck for a bit and then sends him on his way. It's like okay. all right, be gone. But then he also like like eats like a fucking endangered fox <laughs> or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> And then also has blood bags 
that uh, somebody says came from the farm, which they haven't gotten into yet, but I really want them to. Because like, I need to watch the They show, stole dude. them sounds... from like a, a blood bank, or do they actually have a people farm? Like it's blade. sounds or is so it good, like dude. since they can survive? <laughs> it's since they can survive on animal blood, is it like just cow's blood or something? I don't know. They say A B negative, so it seems mm. like it's people blood. Do cows have blood types? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure. I would do. assume that all animals have blood types. Much to consider. Much <laughs> to consider so, indeed. I was but, just kind of going back to like we had talked earlier about how they they kind of censor out some of the like not really censor out, just kind of omit some of the very heavy um like homoerotic overtones of the film a bit mm -hmm. and i'm now i didn't realize this uh so when rice was working with the director and the studio on actually writing a screenplay for the film from the book oh yeah she wrote the screenplay i don't know if we said that specifically yeah. yet but they were actually afraid that if they kept louis male Hollywood would not greenlight the film because of how homophobic a lot of the, you know, main mm -hmm. heads of it were at the time. So they had actually written it in for Cher to play a female Holy version fuck. of Louie. And she wrote a song called Lovers Forever that was going to be part of the film soundtrack. Hey, you know, I could <laughs> not... I mean, if you're looking to like try to find a compromise with the gay community, I feel like casting sure. It's like <laughs> you know, you could do worse. <laughs> yeah, if you gotta not cast a man, that would have rocked. <laughs> that, it, yeah, it I would could, love I to would see, love to see vampire share. My God, but yeah, uh, I, it's much better. I think uh, this way. It's oh yeah. I'm glad they got to have two men in there. Uh, and I'm glad that we can now in 2022 have a show where they just fuck, yeah. but but also bite each other and turn each other into a vampire. Yeah. Although well, once again, I do think that like there could be like a thematic argument for like vampires not actually having sex and like getting yeah. their kicks elsewhere. But it's I mean that's just sort of how you want to write the world, right? I, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's. The show sounds great. I really want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you should. I I would recommend it after having watched the first two episodes. Oh wow! Sorry, I'm just like I'm going through this whole thing about the casting that I had no idea with this film. So they had actually originally wanted uh, River Phoenix to play the interviewer, but he died right before they started filming, and that's how Christian Slater got the role, Jeez. and then Slater donated his entire salary to the foundation like one of the foundations that river phoenix started huh which is sick yeah apparently there was like a lot of trepidation around tom cruise too which that tracks i mean one yeah. should have trepidation around tom cruise <laughs> and just in general but no if i, I think he's great he's great in this but if, like if i saw him in public i would not approach tom yeah. cruise I would not just flipping through Rotten Tomatoes real quick because that was where I saw it was like it has like a sixty eight percent Rotten Tomatoes score, which is a travesty. That's fucked up. I it's, I'm mad. Every single negative review is just garbage. 
Well, it has an 86 audience score, a 64% That is appropriate. That's 100% audience score. (laughs) But yeah, all of the, like, negative critic reviews were either, like, Tom Cruise is a buffoon, and I'm like, that's the point, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Or it was some shit about, just, like, they clearly just are unwilling to take a vampire story seriously. Like, thematically hollow. No, it's not, you moron. It's not. Watch the movie. Genuinely unique emotional story, and it's also sometimes a little goofy, which I like. Yeah. I don't get it. There was one that was like, vampire stories must be either campy or terrifying. This isn't either. Like, did you watch the movie? I disagree. That's also not true, but even if it was, did you watch the movie? I bet that person gave Twilight a 100. Huh. It's not like jump scare horror, but it's like the concept of like immortality driving you insane and into misery sort of horror right it's like the human condition horror (laughs) yeah there's some existential horror in there yeah kind of a lot of it actually scarier than nosferatu popping out from behind the corner yeah fucking critics am i right Wait, anyways check out my new youtube channel where i criticize video games yeah. man i'm gonna be thinking about the like uh like louis brain being like stuck when he got changed because like, i never like made that connection that like he was so in grief at the time and then like he got changed into a vampire then he felt grief about all the other murders and if that plays a part right that like mm-hmm. did him being made a vampire at that state and then because you don't change after you're made into one does that impact it i i never even considered that watching it but that's i think a really interesting read i think the uh from what i read the book also does some more explicit stuff with like the parallels between being a slave owner and a vampire too where it's like one of the other things he's trapped with is the uh you know knowing that what he was doing was wrong, but also that he was just letting Lestat eat them in the book. Jesus. Uh, and then goes on to just continue to let Lestat eat other people, and also he's eating other people. It's like all these things are happening that he knows are wrong, but he doesn't do anything about it because he's a uh, impotent, frail, bad person. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. In a, inaction can be just as morally bad as action, which I feel like the movie could maybe have explored a little more, but I guess yeah. I'm glad they do in the book. Only so much time. I'm curious of what the only film critic I trust said about this film. Okay. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Okay. I think that's a fair review from one of the best critics. We in history we take those <laughs> no like there's there's literally a review on rotten tomatoes that was posted in april of this year that's just i simply do not want any more movies about vampires or mr frankenstein i'm like dude this movie came out 28 years yeah, ago like before <laughs> the flood of vampire stuff and maybe also, that was written in the 90s and was posted recently but i don't know and also most vampire stuff is fun even yeah. a lot of Twilight's pretty fun. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a modern 
backlash against it in the post twilight oversaturation era where you had like twilight and then true blood and vampire diaries and all these things yeah. going on at the same time yeah. uh a lot of which had like specifically uh southern gothic type stuff that's pulled very directly from this movie yeah. also book. a lot of the backlash was like very wrapped in like misogyny and stuff like yeah if yeah. boys liked twilight it people would not have cared but because it mm -hmm. was a four girls book that's what made it like a problem yeah i remember because i was in middle school when i felt this way and i it was definitely <laughs> misogyny that was coming out of me at the time <laughs> You know, they actually wanted to film a season of Vampire Diaries at the lake house, and my grandmother turned them down because Tragic. she didn't know what the show was, and she didn't want strangers in her house. <laughs> I, I I get that, though. I would not want strangers in my house either. <laughs> Same. But yeah, Covington, good setting for Vampire Diaries. Conyers. Yeah. Conyers. Well, they filmed some of it. Oh, they did film it, too. yeah. But all out in that area apparently it looks a lot like virginia but you get a better tax break for filming there than virginia <laughs> <laughs> anyways i think we can go ahead and wrap this puppy up so i mean i think we would all recommend the movie oh yeah i i love this movie it i think th this might have like final afford my bracket will are, are you gonna it. Are you going to be Louie for Halloween? Because I think you could pull it off. I don't think I'm going to dress up for Halloween unless I someone suddenly hosts a Halloween party in the next couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> but I would, yes. <laughs> I'm like right there. My hair is the same length as his. And that might be why I like the movie so much. But I really, I love this thing. I had a great time. Sam, I think you have like the highest opinion of it. But I, I liked the movie, so... Yeah, I was uh, a little worried that it was gonna be like a cult hit that did not hold up, but it you does. Know, my one complaint about this movie is that Brad Pitt didn't go running through the streets of New Orleans screaming, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm he a was vampire. right there too, you know? <laughs> he had that same grief that Nick Cage had, but he just, he didn't express it in the same way. That's the only thing it's missing. Then it would have been a perfect film. <laughs> I agree. I guess, yeah, man, the two Fair vampire enough. movies we've watched, I've been like, I, I will defend this to the death. <laughs> <laughs> I just like vampire stuff. It's so good. Maybe. Oh, boy. Well, um, all watch right. this movie. <laughs> yeah, watch the movie. That's the show. Uh, who's... Does one of y'all have a pick for next? My it's pick. Will's pick. Next. Okay. And I pick The Exorcist. Ooh. To, to round out Spooky. October, because I think that'll be our last week. I think we have one more Halloween, right? Because it'll... I guess the next episode will, will release the day after Halloween. After that one. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone wants to edit really fast, which... No. No. It would be my <laughs> pick, and I would not have time, but... yeah. We'll I think it would happens. technically be Charlie's pick next. Would it be if Charlie's you pick? Reset oh, yeah, because I double reset up, the yeah. order, or we could we'll figure that out permanently switch later. It. We don't need to do this part. I think we should mic, let the but... people listen to our to our <laughs> planning scheduling, our, our debate over <laughs> whose pick it is. 
Yeah. Anyways, all right, The Exorcist. I will be watching that in broad daylight. So um, <laughs> you can watch it together, also in broad daylight. It's one of Chelsea's daylight. favorite films. So fascinating. Well, I didn't know I'll Chelsea watch it was with a Chelsea. You can tell us when to look away. Uh, <laughs> and again, in broad daylight. <laughs> all right, that's show. Thanks for listening. Ex- uh, next week, The Exorcist. New episodes every Tuesday. Find us on all the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod Park on. Instagram, somewhere underscore brewing will on Twitter at will post words and on YouTube at will Johnston, me on upcoming yet unnamed YouTube project. I'll have a name on one of these when I finish cyberpunk. Why is that game so long? All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good week. Happy spooky season. Go watch this movie and then watch the show. Go Vols. I'm a vampire. <laughs>